Welcome to Philanthropy Today, powered by the GMCF, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. I'm Dave Lewis, your host for Philanthropy Today, where we discuss the efforts of members of the nonprofit community that are working in conjunction with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. We have a new series of episodes. And we call them the 25 Days of Christmas, where our focus will be on end-of-year giving and holiday hopes for our organizations. We'd also like to remind you to subscribe or follow Philanthropy Today wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll get notifications when our new episodes launch. Now to the 25 Days of Christmas on Philanthropy Today. Today's guest is Mary Beth Kiefer of the Flint Hills Bread Basket. Welcome to Philanthropy Today's 25 Days of Christmas. Thank you for having me here, Dave. Tell us a little bit about what the Flint Hills Bread Basket does. The Flint Hills Bread Basket helps those in need of food assistance and You know, it's been proven, and there's data to support it, that people that are in need of food assistance and do not get the nutrition that they should um, have more illnesses, and children in school just don't do as well as other children. And so I think what we do down at the Bread Basket is very important as well with the senior citizens in all ages. You know, I think we automatically think we don't want a small child to go to bed hungry, and that is definitely definitely on the forefront but i don't want a senior citizen to go to bed hungry either yeah and this is a very busy time of year and a a very important time of year for the for the people that you assist correct right now you know for thanksgiving we gave a over 130 baskets away a thanksgiving basket and that had turkeys in it and then everything it takes to make the thanksgiving dinner with the yams and all of that and then so right now we started on just yesterday giving away the christmas baskets and with covid we kind of had to think outside the box because we really did enjoy having anywhere from 75 to 100 people come down and help us make the boxes and that's what we did in the past and then we'd have a drive-through and give them out well with covid and not having that big of a group together in the warehouse we decided last year to make the list up of what we normally put in the box and then let the individuals pick what they want. And I realized something. Of 167 Thanksgiving boxes we gave away last year, only 60-some boxes wanted pumpkin. Mm. And so it was like, okay, what was happening with all the with all the product that we were giving out? So it's more specific of what they want. And the clients really like it better because we give them the list and they check off what they want. And then we have volunteers that go back and while they're shopping in the front room, volunteers are putting together their Christmas baskets. So it's designed specifically for them. Well, Mary Beth, 2021 had obviously a lot of challenges, especially coming after uh, COVID in 2020. What are some of the things that you look back on 2021 and think that, wow, we, we got a lot done? We did. And, you know, one thing I was so proud of is that of we never missed a day of being open on our scheduled days because of COVID. We did have one uh, employee that needed to be in um, isolation a couple times because of you know, she has kids, but uh, the other person and I never, ever missed a day, and we're never quarantined, and so I'm very proud of the employees. I'm very fra- proud the volunteers. We had some volunteers that COVID made them very nervous, and, and they quit, and they've never came back. We have some volunteers that quit and got bored and came back, and we have some volunteers that never, ever quit, and it's a person. I always, I told them it was a personal decision. You have to feel good about how 
you're dealing with COVID. You're not wrong if you want to stay home. You're not wrong if you want to stay home and come back. It's what you're comfortable with. So COVID taught us a lot about how to deal better, I think, with the clients and let them choose more than us just putting it together. And the volunteers and donors in this town are just, they're marvelous. I mean, they we never, ever didn't have you know, enough food, we would still have people calling and saying, well, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm having them put an order together. What do you need? And they'd still drop it off. And, you know, we had the knocking on the door and then we'd open the door and take the food. And we all had masks and we're still wearing masks down at the bread basket if somebody wants to wear a mask. And um, I think COVID taught us down there that you really have to think outside the box, which I think it did a lot of businesses and organizations. Has the level of those that are dealing with food insecurity increased in the last uh, 12 to 24 months because of COVID and everything else? At first, yes, but surprisingly, it has not. And we thought it would do that too. But I think that you really can't compare Manhattan, Kansas to Chicago and New York City because there are jobs there that will never come back. But even during the worst part of covid there were businesses that were night stocking that were calling us and saying, we need stockers at night. And they were paying $15 an hour to $18 an hour. So um, I think COVID, again, taught us outside the box. But at the same time, you can't compare us to a large city. And there was always employment available here. And so I, I'm not going to say that somebody didn't get laid off and because I don't know that, but the people that we deal with, there was always jobs available for. We're visiting with Mary Beth Kiefer, who is the executive director of the Flint Hills Breadbasket here on Philanthropy Today's 25 Days of Christmas. Let's talk a little bit about what to look forward to in 2022. And and it seems like, you know, you've got a lot of um, transitions that you have made and in, in processes. And, uh, you know, hopefully that demand situation continues to go downward. I would suppose that, uh, you know, that does not necessarily mean you're not needed and the food is not needed at the breadbasket. I don't know how much longer. I think it's permanent. Food stamps did get a a raise. For a while they were, like if you got $400, you were getting $600. Well, they took that away, but then they added the extra, but then they added back in 25%. And if I'm not correct, I think that's permanent. And then right now, a lot of the families are receiving that extra for the child dependent. And so I don't know how long that's going to go either. So I think when some of that all winds down, then I think that will make a difference at the breadbasket. 2022, oh my gosh, it's going to be hard to say, isn't it? I want to get back to whatever our new normal is you know in September is when we started letting them come back inside instead of us preparing a box and so our front room is back to normal but in the past I've dealt with um, low-income seniors and and I helped them and helped raise funds for that and when I came to Manhattan in 2011 one of the things we started doing was taking food to the low-income senior buildings because we look so proper, prosperous around Manhattan, and we are, and very proud, but we've got a lot of low-income senior buildings, and a lot of the people that live there don't even have transportation. And so we started every Monday with volunteers taking items to those 
buildings and we would take milk and we would take meat and we'd take as many fresh vegetables as we could and then if we didn't have those we'd go to our canned goods but I feel like the seniors have been the ones that have been most isolated because they really they're that much more scared of COVID and rightfully so but for almost what 20 months we have not taken food to those low-income senior buildings, and my warehouse manager has called them and asked them if we can please resume doing that, and we are going to be able to start doing that in January. So that's my biggest goal right now is to get back to all those senior buildings. I think there's about seven or eight of them that we delivered to on Mondays, and they've missed it, and we've missed taking it to them because I we bet- know how, de- how badly they can use need it. I bet that that's one of the most fascinating things is, you know, from the delivery perspective, is the relationship building. Right, right. When my kids were younger, we would, I would have them help me deliver Meals on Wheels in the town that we were living in. And that's what everyone says that delivers to the seniors. I have a group that delivered the Thanksgiving baskets, and they want to do the Christmas baskets, too. And um, it's high tech. Give them a little kudos there. And it's like Jared said, it's very humbling to go deliver to those places because some of them, you know, have outlived their resources. Some of them have no families and, you know, they're, they're older. And it really opens your eyes and sees the need to help others in our community. If you were to look at the breadbaskets work, mm-hmm. could you come up with a Christmas gift wish? For the Flint Hills bread basket? That's not an I'll, easy question, is it? No. My wish is to get back to the seniors because we've been able to provide to the other ages, to get back to the seniors and always be able to take care. I don't think there's anything sadder than when somebody needs food. And I had one young man walk in one time and he was so hungry, he was shaking. And we got him food, and he immediately sat outside and started eating it, and we got him something hot to drink and eat. And um, I think a lot of people think that the need is not there, and the need is there in our community, although we have many, many wonderful, generous people that help. But the need is real, and it is in our community. Well, thank you to all the work that you and your staff and volunteers do on behalf of the community at the Flint Hills Bread Basket. It's, uh, it's quite an organization, and we're proud of the work that you do because it's work that's necessary and, and demanding, and also it's got to be a very gracious, gracious position to be in. It is, but I tell everybody, we, you tell us thank you, and thank you for what we do. We're employees. It's our donors and our volunteers that make it all work, and they're the ones that need to be the huge kudos and thank yous. Mary Beth, Merry Christmas to you and all those at the Flint Hills Bread Basket, and happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for joining us on Philanthropy Today, powered by the GMCF, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. On our podcast, we discuss the efforts of members of the nonprofit community that work in conjunction with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. We have this new series of episodes called The 25 Days of Christmas, where we talk about end-of-year giving and holiday hopes for our organizations. Find out more about the work we do at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation on our website at mcfks.org. And just a quick reminder, subscribe or follow Philanthropy Today wherever you get your podcasts so you can get the notifications when our new episodes launch. I'm Dave Lewis. We'll see you next time.